Go ahead, Ray. You! You worthless piece of slime! You ignorant, disgusting clown! Nothing but an unstable short chain molecule! It's the stuff. It's like pure concentrated evil. It's all flowing right to this spot. Material devolution has begun. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's Matt Walter here with the Material Devolution Podcast. And sitting in for my boy, Devin Ebert, is my other boy, Kevin Mullen. We go way back. Kevin is a a well-read person and uh, has a lot of opinions on things like Devin and I. So we are really excited about getting this going and, uh, you know, getting into um, some things. Kind of all things American, I think, what's going on with America these days. Things are a little bit turbulent and um, people are afraid, people are unhappy, uh, people got really happy after they were unafraid and unhappy. And so, um, you know, we'll jump right in and talk about a, a couple little things, kind of like a round robin. We've done this in the past, kind of just touching on whatever kind of floats uh, to the surface during the conversation. We'll probably go down a couple rabbit holes, uh, like always, but we'll try to bring it back and uh, keep it on the straight and narrow. So, Kevin. I'm going to introduce him. He's my friend. Again, we go probably nine years back. And, uh, you know, what's on your mind, my friend? Well, thanks, buddy. Super happy to be here. Uh, Coming in from Boulder, Colorado for everybody to get a little Colorado perspective. Matt and I go way back, and we have lots to say. So... (laughs) Throw we something do. at me. We'll see we what we, we'll see we, what we can do here as well, we, as well, we Kevin, cast Kevin, the pod. Kevin's been pondering a lot on this Donald Trump situation, as uh, as many of us have been, um, and, and kind of wrestling with the idea of, uh, of a Donald Trump presidency, and really more so an outsider, um, you know, self-proclaimed outsider, or outside of the uh, perceived establishment, the power vacuum, if you will, that uh, was created by the Clintons and Bushes. Uh, over the past 35 years. So uh, this is a big change and something that I think that a lot of people thought could not happen in this day and age in politics. And uh, I know Kevin had something, uh, you know, he, he equates it to some aliens landing. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. But even before then, you know, for all of us that think we have so much to say and read so much, it's guys like my father and all my uh, blue collar friends that nailed this one you know so we read all the poll aggregators and just tell all of our friends well there's no way donald trump could be president and then what happens so it's all it's all they needed for their delicate egos that's what we're seeing right now but yeah you know so for me it was kind of i'm a little indifferent hey there's no way i'm voting for hillary clinton but do i want to see a donald trump presidency i don't know do i want to see aliens come to earth i'm not even sure that they exist right so I guess, um, maybe, I guess that'd be cool, but then we had the mothership actually land on Tuesday, and now I'm not so sure how I feel about aliens visiting Earth, right? This big, nasty spaceship in outer space. So we'll see what happens when they open the doors, but as we look in the windows here, it doesn't look too pretty, right? Uh, lots of alien <laughs> Republicans in the, uh, in the spaceship, so uh, it looks like the worst is going to come to pass, but... Fingers crossed. Well, I find it interesting because, you know, like we had spoken about in the past is that, you know, people are policy, right? And so we have to look at the people who are being appointed or even looked at uh, to be appointed or chosen uh, for these positions. 
as to where the trajectory of a Trump presidency is is heading. Right, and that's why that's why I mean, as we look in the windows here, there's some pretty scary aliens. You know, they're opening the door. Um, yeah, no, uh, personnel is policy. Rice is exactly correct, and it doesn't look good. Um, and it looks like he's already breaking all of his promises, and is going to be as big a hypocrite as he was claiming to fight against. Um, good, you know, with the luck, we'll see the guy impeached in two years, and there'll be some silver lining here for the more progressive among us. But uh, I think it's going to be a, a bit of a battle first. But I don't even know if that's uh, even a good thing um, when you look at you know the vice president uh, and some of the things that he stood for in the past uh, and got in mind. Um, you know, I mean, is uh, is I, I think I think Trump plays loose and fast with a lot of things, and I think that you're absolutely right. I think we're going to have um, some serious issues that are going to be have to be dealt with. Uh, you know, as far as conflict of interest and some other things. Um, but at the same time, is that is that actually a good thing? I mean, do we want you know Trump pulling making the final uh, decision, or do we want somebody like like Mike Pence? Or do you think that these guys might? Uh, the presidency's more than a man, right? And the, the people he's surrounding himself with now, it, it doesn't look good at all. Um, yeah, you know, but, assuming, not, uh, but, are, but isn't, he, isn't he at the same time, they're, they're, he's kind of put in adversarial type of people as well? Like if Mitt Romney, right, mm -hmm. if he comes into this fold. Secretary of State, right? That, that's, a, that's, a, that's probably a great, uh, honestly, I don't think that's a bad position for somebody like Mitt Romney. Um, that's probably uh, the, the least problematic of all his selections so far, right? Well, I was talking to my buddy the other week, and I told him, I said, listen, if it was a Mitt Romney, Hillary Clinton uh, presidential election, I think I'd vote for Mitt Romney, straight up. And then that's like totally against like a lot of things, but I think that at least um, he's not a in, the, in, in somewhat of a, a, a criminal cartel of uh, politicians. Um, yeah, and that's, I guess that's the big difference here. I mean, Trump, to me, got into this thing about uh, economic policy. First, you know, I, I feel like that was his primary driver is, you know, there's corrupt pay-for-play politics. But now he's going to turn around and do the same thing. I think Pence's political motivations are, I'm a Christian, right? I'm a conservative. I'm a Republican. So he's much more scary to me socially than Trump is. I don't think Trump really cares. Um, no, so, I you know, if I think he's he's taken on a lot of evangelical um, positions, but I don't think he really gives a shit. You know, he's a he's a guy from Queens that you know is like <laughs> he's a New Yorker. Are we really that worried about his position on gay marriage and things? I don't know, but he's a pandering politician, and if Pence were to take over, then I'd see that that could be really bad. So. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like the way that I look at it is Trump. Trump doesn't, he's, and he's already touched on the LGBT community, right? Mm -hmm. He did that even in his speech at the Republican National Convention, which I thought was really interesting. Right? He said, hey, we need to help our brothers and sisters in the LGBTQ community. And that was almost verbatim, mm -hmm. right, in his speech, which I was like, you're going to get shot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? Um, and, uh, you know, and the other thing is, you know, I, I think that, I don't know if his, position on it's correct um but you know like you said he comes from queens i knew it's you know he's from the an affluent area but he, he's seen impoverished cities right before and so he may actually have a, a true like empathetic place to i just to don't think he's the christian dad either. i grew up with the well, way no, mike pence not. is right <laughs> you know i mean i'm like 
look at look at that guy. I'm like, you know, he's everything I feared. You know, Donald Trump, I think, is a little more uh, worldly, even though he might be uh, trying to take advantage of that, right? You know, I can't believe he's he's quite as ignorant in that sense as Mike Pence. You know, that's like a that's like a real thing out there. So. Yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's 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 an interesting situation. I mean, and, and I, I'm with you. I, I you know, you, you want to hope for the best, right? But you can't give these people the benefit of the doubt based on their track record. Well, yeah, and I, I mean, listen. I mean, religion kind of is the problem, and we shouldn't really be going that direction. Um, so a guy like Mike Pence is pretty scary, you know. Uh, just straight up like I mean, we, we need less religion in politics we can't really criticize what happens in the Middle East um, on any kind of religious grounds if we allow the same kind of nonsense here and really religion fundamentally is a pretty bad way of knowing things uh, in my opinion right so you know if we can't you know so how can we criticize like the, what comes from these religious ideologies if we do it ourselves so the governor of Oklahoma is organizing a we're going to pray for oil and gas after they've directly tied the earthquakes to fracking and going back and reviewing the satellite data so that's that's their answers we're going to pray for oil and gas so you know it's kind of hard to criticize any other cultures religions when we kind of do the same thing but well the know, issue, that, that's the problem the main issue where's the science part well, <laughs> yeah no kidding um the issue is really the that that religion defines culture uh, in the world, right? And so, um, and, and cultures define their vision of the world and their path in this world, right? And so basically one of the issues is that you have these different, these conflicting ideas of where the climax is of this whole situation. So they, I mean, where, so how do we, how do we diffuse that? You know, even before science is language, right? So, you know, and I think that's like the the first weapon drawn in any conflict. Well, so, I mean, you know, but there's always been a battle between religion and science, right? Well, no, well, no question. But but faith is faith is a pretty terrible way of knowing things, right? I mean, truly, science is the candle in the darkness, right? Science implies a method for knowing things. You know, I mean, that's knowledge and faith are entirely different. Um, and I just don't think, with as much as we know about the world and the way the world is going, we should have any appeal to faith whatsoever when we know so much about science. Um, so that's that's just it, it's it's fundamental ignorance, and it's kind of sad that you know we actually have the power to change things, but instead we just believe that we're going to be okay because God's going to take care of us, or you know even if the world is going to shit, uh, we all get to go to heaven or whatever, you know. So. That's pretty dumb, um, and if you really care about the generations of the future, it's kind of we need to overcome that kind of archaic thinking, frankly. So. Well, I think that comes with enlightenment uh, at the uh, at the at the ultimate level. I think that's one of those things that you know it, it's following an indoctrination and uh, and finding the truth are, are two different things, right? So some kind of dogma. And, uh, and actually like seeking something out on your own and keeping it uh, as a personal thing between you and whatever you're seeking out as far as your self-development mm -hmm. um, is the issue. Um, well, you can be spiritual and not religious, right? You know, I think you can feel connected to the universe and not have to... 
I tell you, you know, it to, to right, well, this kind of organized religion just seems like willful brainwashing, you know. And when you really want to engage someone and have the argument, to me, the best they can do is basically say, well, which would you rather believe, right? If you really want to stack the bricks and have the argument about faith versus science, when you come to the end of it and will agree to disagree, they basically will say to you, well, which, which would you rather believe? Would you rather be in a world where you believe you're going to go to heaven or not? And that to me is just willful ignorance. And it's what sad about? because there might be ways to extend life. There might be a, a heaven on earth if we didn't think with that kind of caveman brain. What, did, what you know? if you think about, what do you think about now the convergence of the two? Because there's, there's more, of, there's more of the evidence that points to the, some of this ancient, more Eastern, um, you know, religious, yeah. spiritual beliefs and, and, and this, uh, this metaphysical, um, you know, consciousness level, uh, type of, uh, Who, who's the guy? I mean, he's a he's a biologic. He's a heavyweight microbiologist out of Oxford or whatever. And he, I can't remember the book, but he just wrote it. And he's basically there is no tolerance for this anymore, right? So there was like a movement within science to try and try and jive the two belief systems, right? Like some scientists were religious, but I think we're getting to the point where we need to draw a line in the sand. You know, because this is just, it's encroaching. I mean, we've known for a very long time that the Earth is older than 5,000 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think we need to draw a line in the sand and just kind of say, hey, you either come to <laughs> come to science or, you know, be in the basket of uh, willful ignorance. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I mean, it's just, it just seems so obvious, you know, in so many ways. But, you know, but I just don't uh, religion, religion, religion you know, Right. There's there's some there's some speaking or and some some things that are yes said in like for example like Hinduism right right that, that really jive with the very atomic yeah. you know particles and other things but, but why but what you're saying is we've reached a point where science can't answer that question right and I think what we've shown time and time again is we need to keep working on the question and science will figure it out you know even Newton got to this point where he's like. I can't figure this out. This is God's work. Um, but it turned out it actually was beneath him, this problem, right? But he kind of just said, no, I've come to a point where this is God's work. Mm-hmm. When, in fact, you know, it could have been solved 100 years earlier well, yeah, had he not that, thought that way. Right? And, in no, and in no way am I saying that, you know, we should... We should no, I mean, why, why stop? Why we do we need to... give up the dream. So, yes, yeah, so we, we find this amazing, like, curiosity, you know, in the cell. Um, that looks more and more like a spiritual kind of answer. But why would we stop exploring that scientifically? You know, is, is, is God really spoken to us through that, that, you know, curiosity? Like, don't we need to keep pushing? So I think there's, you know, there's really only one way to really know things, you know? Um, so I, 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 again, where, where is the scientific party, right? I mean, there's a way we should think about education and resources uh, and defense and all these kind of things just more logically, right? But you can't even, even Trump had to say he was religious. The Bible's like his favorite book after Let's Make a Deal or whatever. I mean, like anybody buys that shit, but it's obligatory for him to say it, right? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. sure, Trump's, Trump's real into church. Yeah, okay, right? And it's, but he has to say that and people somehow buy it. Like when he was up in that black church in uh, Michigan and he was right. like, 
you know, I'm going to say the scripture, and I know it, and you guys know it. Everybody knows it, right? Like, you're like, okay, yeah, dude, could you, like, memorize this shit before you go to bed at night? Yeah. Is that something that you do? Yeah, you give me a break, yeah. you know, but, like, anybody buys it, like, he buys it, you know, but it's, it's required, and that's just, that seems silly, you know, with as much as we know, and uh, the, the amazing well, technology silly, we've developed able, in such a short amount of time. Own, you I mean, should be able to have your own thoughts and beliefs on whatever you should be able to believe what you want to believe and uh, it shouldn't affect sure no question no no question i'm sure i have some pretty crazy beliefs and opinions no doubt i just think is when it comes to policy we should reason it pretty pretty clearly right like let's stack the bricks you know what does science say so we should you know apply that to every policy decision but instead you know we have to like have a religious component to that which just muddies the water for the problems we have i think right yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Again, though, I mean, the, the unfortunate thing is that people's beliefs and what they and what they believe is right and wrong uh, drive, uh, you know, what what they do and how they act and how they uh, ultimately govern. Uh, and so, but do you really need religion to have a moral compass, right? Because we we survive somehow as a species without any kind of organized religion for a pretty long time. You know, so is it is it really required to have a moral compass, to have an organized religion? And I, I don't know, I, but I don't but think so. What's interesting is is that every it seems that every culture throughout history had some kind of religious structure. Maybe, maybe we we lived as a species a long time before there was any written history. It's true. You know, and certainly there was there was culture among those people, right? I mean, we know that humans have never really lived in a state of nature like a snake or something. Right, we're a social creature, so we have to assume they had some kind of social structures, right? So we assume it's like basic animism might make the most sense, but that's only because there's no archaeological record, you know. So who knows what they believe? But it's pretty clear that you know modern religion follows follows directly from how we came together in civilizations, right? It was really a way of controlling the masses as they came in you know, and started farming and not hunting and gathering, right? And really most of the religions are set up as a shepherd over his flock, quite quite literally mimicking what those civilizations were at the time. Right. So, you know, um, I don't know that, you know, really the, the way religion is set up now and really the way civilizations, we might have been happier as hunter-gatherers. Frankly, we we're probably smarter, right? You know, before you could write or look at the internet, you had to have a, a memory of every plant and river and all these things. So I think about what the memory would be like and how much those decisions would matter. So you got to remember 10 different mushrooms. Well, one's going to kill me. One's going to help me, right? One I need to, to give to this guy right now and one's going to, you know, not going to work. So now we just don't even, you know, we're actually getting dumber, I think. <laughs> you know, like humanity is getting better, but the individual human, I think, is probably maybe not as well off as he might have been like running around in the woods well, as a hunter-gatherer. You know? I mean, like so. the more the technology comes into play in our day-to-day lives, the less we remember. Right. Well, yeah, it's just un- unnecessary. You know, but think that's it, the exact be, opposite of what be, it would have taken. It'd be really you know? optimistic and nice to think that, you know, instead of just letting that extra space go to waste, that we're actually putting it to use and becoming smarter and learning more and doing different things. And that may be true for some people who, um, through experience and like, you know, their um, uh, adventures and things uh, are doing more, right? We have more free time, right? That's where our leisure activity, what we do in our leisure matters because with this extra time that all these advancements have given us, you know, we should be taking advantage of those things and being, you know, exploring the world more. 
right? Instead of just, you know, sitting around drinking beer and watching the NFL or something. Yeah, yeah, don't even get me started on early sports. Right? But you know what I'm saying? I mean, like, so, so it'd be nice to think that people are expanding um, their horizons with the, uh, with the extra space that we have for our brain and getting smarter through that type of thing or, or whatever, or, or learning more or doing whatever. But that and sadly is no, not you, fact. We're watching cat videos and you're right. And you know, on social media and that, that type of shit instead. And we've genetically dumbed ourselves down, right? Because you know, you're just, you're going to, humans have a safer, longer life. They can procreate. You're not, your genes are not rewarded the way we were, uh, like as a hunter gatherer, right? You know, I mean, that bigger, stronger, faster, smarter meant a lot more than, you know. So we're literally like dumbing ourselves down in a big way. But it's good for humanity, you know, if we give a shit. But it's really just an invasive species at this point, you know, blob, right? But is it good for humanity, really? I mean, like, <clears throat> as, it, as I don't know. I mean, it's the selfish gene, right? The purpose is for the gene. So it depends on how you look at it. You know, as, as the individual, I don't think we've got it very good. But as a biological um, success story, I think humans have done pretty well, right? You know, but so is mold. Um, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's funny. So yeah. I mean, you know what's what's a crazy phenomenon, and we've kind of ventured off the whole like our, the where we were started, but we you know we started talking about Trump and this election cycle and everything like that. Um, I think what's really crazy is that we've actually talked about this guy on this podcast three times. This is the third time now, and uh, each time was pretty much uh, the same, uh, kind of flabbergasted uh, as to uh, what we were watching, the spectacle, the mockery of the uh, the political system. To me, what is the manipulation? The manipulation of a uh, of an entire segment of the American public, uh, probably the most easily manipulated. Because as anybody knows, that's in sales or anything else. Emotion is a uh, very, very powerful tool to have on your side. And when you have an emotional reactionary group of people, uh, they're pretty easily swayed. Uh, in your favor if you say the right things, uh, mostly the things that they agree with uh, and that they feel of uh, unfairly uh, left them in a... Well, it's not like you needed the world's greatest salesman here. You know, I think it was. it's more... The Democrats ran such an arrogant campaign and they thought they could just bully their way right to the presidency. And there were enough people that that pissed off enough that they underestimated, they came out and voted. You know, even though it was against their best interest, and that's what they never calculated. It's like, why would these Rust Belt guys vote for Donald Trump, who's the epitome of a one percenter, right? Who's promising tax cuts and trickle down and all this nonsense? Like, what sense does that make? I mean, it's literally people willing to bite their nose off to spite their face because they hated Clinton that much. But she brought it upon herself. Look what they did to Bernie. Look what what limited change we've had. With the revolving dynastic policy politics over thirty years, and, and beyond beyond that, just I mean everything being bought and paid for it for the last sixty years. This was like a desperate play for something different. And it's amazing that none of the pollsters or anything saw this. It's almost like it's like it's hard to believe this is the unknown unknown. You know, none of these aggregators can get this. Is because they just they didn't want to believe it. 
you know, they just didn't want to believe that people were that pissed off, you know. Um, and I was telling people, like, hey, you're going to see a lot of Bernie supporters voting for Donald Trump because they fucked him, you know, and that's, like, <laughs> it's enough to really piss some people off. Do you off. think that that happened? Don't know. Don't know. I really don't. But, you know, I, I think there were enough people that wanted desperate change that, yeah, because Bernie and Trump brought people out of the woodwork that weren't traditionally very political. Right, so I think that there might be more of that than we know. Then we'll ever. Well, there might be more of that than we'll ever know because they both promise the same thing: is we're going to blow up the system, we're going to blow up the establishment. And I think that was enough for some people. Yeah. You know, because really, like, has it mattered over the last thirty years who was who was uh, if it was Democrat or Republican? If you're Joe Schmo, average guy, you basically become less free and have less money. You know, so do you? If you're really paying attention, does it has it mattered? You know, I mean, it seems like one party to most people. Dude. So what most both of these guys are promising is to blow up the establishment. So, Trump doesn't seem to be you know, Trump doesn't seem to be blowing up any system. No, new boss, same as the old boss. Yeah, yeah you know, just the new boss. You know, I mean, that's. But he just yeah. brought in these these fringe guys like like Michael Flynn, right? I mean, yeah, I think that's that's what they did. Just the new boss, you know. He's not. There'll be who I heard that like got along with nobody. Like, well, he's last. Yeah. No, I mean, all this guy, he's gonna. All he's going to do is tax cuts for the rich, enrich himself, install a full kleptocracy. It's everything we see that we don't want to see. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's not It's not the way it should have gone, but I don't know that it would have been you much see, different with Hillary Clinton. What did you, you know, see? I, you know, now happened? at least it's exposed, right? Because, I, you know, these Wall Street guys have a way of hiding that shit well, I think that's and making us think that it's okay. But were they really doing anything differently? You know, so maybe it'll be exposed. Maybe people will start giving a shit. Maybe Honestly, there's a silver lining here. Well, I think the best part about this whole thing is done is uh, it exposed the uh, the rampant racism uh, and uh, amongst other uh, issues um, that the United States has had but has overlooked. And so it's one of those things that in order to change and actually deal with the problem, you can't just gloss it over and act like freaking 40 years of ignoring it uh, after segregation has like made anything any better. Um, and actually start listening to people, right? Listening to like what these, what these, um, you know, some of these people that live in these, uh, you know, uh, impoverished areas feel. I mean, that's the whole idea, right? So, you know, the right, the right can, the right can complain and can, can bitch that the, the president uh, had um, inhibited their ability to get ahead in the last eight years, right? Mm-hmm. But when a more downtrodden segment of society decides to rise up and and in their manner which it may be different maybe a little bit more desperate in action like you know rioting mm-hmm. um does it it's a problem you see what i'm saying um so it's really interesting to me that you know these people have justified their own um you know, actions and, and putting Trump in because of their desperation. Mm-hmm. And this is the way that they acted out. And, but yet when another, when, 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 let's say the black population or the brown population, they rise up and, and they're upset about their conditions that the same political establishment put them in. It's, it's, it's an issue where, you know, it's the, it, that's making America great again. Right. This is some of this entitlement that we have to some kind of, Rockwell-esque 50s American culture or something, right? It's an entitlement, you know? Right. Um, I, I think the, that's never coming back, you know? 
It's never coming back. Place. You know? That's the whole so. idea, right? Is that these things, like these people, harken back to a day that never was. It's correct. You know, every correct. every every generation, every decade has its own complex, yeah. um, you know, archetype. Mm-hmm. Correct, but they do have some le- legitimate gripes, right? I know that my parents that barely graduated high school. Uh, when I was growing up in the '80s, they had second homes. We had a boat. We went on vacations. Oh, you know right. how many how many people that have even have college educations can say the same thing today? Well, the world's getting richer, so, and the working man isn't, right? Correct, correct. But some countries take care of their workers, and I think that the American worker feels very sold out. Well, here, right, like I'm New sure. Zealand, everybody's got a pretty good middle class lifestyle, right? right? It's like America of the '80s. You know, because their government actually took care of them, you know. And I don't know what the right way is to do it here, but I tell you, everybody felt sold out, right? Well, like, America is just a place where you can come and do whatever you want from whatever country, and it didn't used to be that way. So, for whatever reason, that's what people are lashing yeah. out at, right? Well, the thing is, too, is that, like, it's interesting because you got to, you know, uh, as far as America is concerned, it's, we didn't, we, we shipped these manufacturing jobs over overseas, and we didn't, um, retrain workers right? right so like it's the same thing that's going on right now with coal and those oil and gas right and all these things listen the time has come like we've been on that stuff forever it's time to move forward you know and we have the technology you know we can do this right i mean there's there's guys doing amazing things and, and with the with the right critical mass moving in the right direction they could exponentially grow you know, in, in, in the technology that we could use to, to power houses and, you know, cities and everything else, right? And so, it, but we, what are we going to do with these workers? We need to retrain them. We need to do things like that. We need to, we need to think about that. And they have been left out to dry, right? We closed the mills in those that, rust That's part of the inevitability, right? though. That, and those cities, dude, those cities, I've been to those cities, yeah. man. I've been to Denora, Pennsylvania, on the Monongahela River. Like, you know, I've been to Homestead, which is actually, you know, come up a lot because now it's like kind of like a, a, a shopping and cultural district, right? But mm-hmm. the smokestacks are still there from the yeah. old, uh, the old mill. But it's, it's, um, that's they're technical. depressed, dude. They're depressed yeah. areas. They're yeah. bad parts of the United States. That's where this heroin epidemic is. That's no where like these things are happening, and and so they are in a bad, bad way. This is um, just the beginning. <laughs> right? I know. I mean, because ro- we robots are coming, and we right? did, and we did, yeah. a, we did, a, we did a, a podcast on that um, uh, in our first year. Uh, I think it was like our third podcast or something. Uh, we talked about that that you know by the by the time like 2035 like we're going to be looking at a, a new sweeping age of like technology that's coming in the manufacturing and assembly and shipping and everything i mean we're talking you know 35 percent of the jobs or something like this is going to go away and um so we're moving towards the dystopian future of elysium in all these you know yeah. post-apocalyptic movies oh, yeah. right because no matter no matter what we're going to move away from fossil fuels or die. So like no matter what, yeah, brave new world, you know, no, no matter what, and no matter what, we're going to continue to embrace more and more technology, Mm -hmm. which means jobs are going to be fewer and fewer, you know? So unless you know how to work on robots, which is really going to be like writing software, you know, which really be like writing software to write software or some shit. I don't fucking know, but that's going to be all there is like servicing robots. So we need to have a fundamental, shift of the global economy right to like some kind of resource-based structure or else everybody's just gonna like die 
you know. Well, the I, there's going to be a handful of rich people on the moon, and then a bunch of people literally just dying off over the next couple of generations. I mean, how else is it going to work? I mean, it's going towards one, you know. Kind well, I mean, that's, that's the issue, right? I mean, like, so, we, and we're talking about the working population of the world already. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're talking. We're not even. We're talking about a small segment of that. Of that. You know, there's still going to be your shop owners and this, that, and the other, right? You know, but not really because look what's happening to small business. That's the problem with all the regulation and everything else. I mean, everything is becoming one corporation, right? Look across every industry; it's being consolidated, and it's harder and harder for mom and pops to do anything anywhere, right? It's just all big private equity moves, and like, look, what fucking Bear just bought Monsanto. You know, and Monsanto already owned. Like beyond all the bad shit, they do all the seeds and all these. They they own Scott's Miracle Grow, right? I mean, so now now the uh, uh, aspirin company in Germany owns half of the world or something, right? Yeah, you know, then, it's like how, how long? Yeah, give it fifty years, exactly. Give it give it fifty years, and then what what's it going to be like? There's going to be four corporations that control everything, and there will be no small business, right? So I mean, it's just the, I mean that's just like the way it would seem to inevitably be going, you know? And that's so that, that puts people pretty much out. It's going to create a, a class of elite super rich, and then the rest of us will just be dying off, like living off you know, contaminated truck farms and something, you know. It's coming to a town near you, right? So, so yeah, I mean, and this is, this is what happens if we can't look at the Earth as a, as a one unit, right? This is like we're, we're on a spaceship. You know, spaceship Earth, and we got a limited amount of like resources, and it can only hold so many people. It's just like a ship at sea, and we don't even think of it that way. You know, I mean, sovereign nations—the idea of that is just—it's just passe. Not that we well, should have a one-world government, but man, if we can't like get together, we're just well. That's one of the problems, anyway, too, man. I mean, on a, in an economic model, you know, natural resources are considered infinite. Exactly. That's the problem with Anne Rand's capitalism, right? Is she assumes an endless amount of resources. Right. You know, and that's just not the case. You know, until unless we go start mining asteroid belts or whatever, but we're not doing that yet. You know, we have to assume that we got one earth to work with here and so far, you know, we don't we're not putting up great numbers. Like and it might, you know, and so how do we combat that now? Well, with religion. Well, that's great. You know, that's definitely what the aliens want to see, right? And that's going to get us to like special enlightenment, you know. Right. Like, great. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Right on, man. Right on. Well, hey, man, it has been an awesome, awesome. Yeah, thanks thanks, thanks for having me, Maddie. You yeah. know, yeah, I love being here. Um, Maybe next time we can spend more time. I know you're going to dip out and, uh, and have a, a little journey over to Colorado, so we, uh, we wish you safe travels uh, on that trip. Good, good to be here on the Devolution, Material Devolution Podcast. That's right, Material Devolution Podcast. We have not done that many this year, but uh, we're hoping to bring it back in a nice little reboot and uh, get a little bit more regular on the schedule. Uh, you know, if we can pull something off uh, once a month, we'd be, uh, we'd be happy campers here. But anyway, signing off from San Diego, it's Matt Walter and Kevin Mullen. Had a little chat. We hope you enjoyed it, and tune in for the next Material Devolution Podcast. Late.